here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcast. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Orchestra. You people, you know who we are, but you don't know why we're here. Where is Billionaire Crate? Where is the Nacho Lanes? Those punks can't even get on iTunes. Us? We talk about wrestling music wherever we want, whenever we want. So this is Voices of Wrestling. This is where the big boys podcast, huh? Look at the adjective. Podcast. Hey, yo. Me and Chris, we got something to say to Billionaire Kreich, the Nacho Lands, and the rest of VOW. You want a war? You got a war. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Music of the Mat, a podcast devoted exclusively to the music of professional wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Say hello to Debar Guy, Andrew Rich, that's me, and joining me on this muscular mystery tour is my partner, Big Scory, Chris <laughs> Maffei. And together we are not your hosts, the Power Chords of Pain. No, no, no. For this episode, we are your hosts, the New World Orchestra. <laughs> Chris, the big question on everyone's minds, who is the third man? Is it Jeff Hawkins from Shake Them Ropes? Is it Brennan Patrick from Burning Spirits? Or could it even be Hulk Hogan himself? Is it the Hulkster, Chris? Oh, definitely not. I mean, come on. We have so many upstanding citizens to choose from. Why would we look to such lowly scum? Well, I I suppose we do. I, I will say, though, that uh, if it does turn out to be Hulk Hogan, we need Bobby the Brain Enon to almost ruin the surprise by just just screaming on the microphone, Whose side is he on? Who, who is he here to who is he fighting for? I, Bobby, I love you, but you really did almost pull a JBL at Survivor Series there. <laughs> Raw wins! Raw wins! Uh, uh, is what I would have said if, if uh, Raw did actually win, but SmackDown wins! Listen, Bobby the Brain, he is a tremendous man. He is, he is. And uh, folks, if it, isn't, if it isn't obvious by now, allow me to clobber you, the listener, over the head uh, with the patented music of the mat subtlety hammer just a little bit harder. Today, Chris and I, we are talking about one of the most important and iconic stables in wrestling history. It all started on July 7th, 1996 in Daytona Beach, Florida, with three men and a ring full of garbage. From there, it grew and grew into an absolute juggernaut that helped WCW demolish WWF in the ratings for over 80 weeks. Still a ring full of garbage. A lot of times, that is true. It was all part of what was known as the Monday Night Wars. So, strap on your lightning pants, throw up the two sweets, tune your air guitar, and pray to God himself you don't make the B-team. We're talking about the theme history of the New World Order. <laughs> your lightning pants. Listen, brother. <laughs> they fit the time, man. It was 90s. It was, it was a dark time for Hogan. You gotta, you gotta have lightning pants. Chris, uh, I guess we'll start with you. Uh, just your, your general thoughts on the, the NWO. The NWO, for me, getting into wrestling at the age of eight, was really a t-shirt. It was really just a t-shirt. I wasn't an avid WCW watcher. My allegiance was to New York, if you will, if you're one of those morons. And I really didn't get into the whole WCW versus NWO thing 
but I thought the t-shirt looked really fucking cool, and a lot of the kids on my block had one, so I had to get one. And I did get one, and I was NWO for life, even though I didn't even watch the show. For me, Chris, um, this is a phrase that you and listeners will hear a lot over the course of this podcast. I wasn't around for it, but... That's the phrase. I wasn't around for the NWO at the time when it was up and running, but um, I do, you know, I've, I've seen clips and I've read articles about it. I've, I've watched matches. I guess my overall thoughts on the NWO is that I love, love the beginning stages of the New World Order because it's just such an epic buildup for a story. You've got Nash and Hall coming in, not as WCW wrestlers. They're coming in as invaders, these outsiders trying to take down the company, you know. You've got Hulk Hogan, the biggest babyface on the planet, turning heel and, and joining this rebel group and, and unleashing his inner asshole. You've got Sting, WCW's, you know, resident good guy. He's the, he's the WCW guy, born and bred, hero to all. He is accused and he's doubted and he's confronted. So he turns his back on the whole war. And he goes into the shadows like this silent observer in the rafters. You know, uh, friendships are destroyed. Brotherly bonds are tested. It's it's such a great story to tell. So I love those beginning days of the NWO. The problem lies, though, for me in what comes afterwards. Because as a writer, as someone who understands the importance of a story arc, you know, beginning, middle, and end, where, where the NWO storyline goes has always bothered me. Because just it's so unsatisfying. You spent all this time building up the monster, adding all the members, giving them all the mic time, giving them all these championships, all these wins. You got all this rising action, but there's no real turning point. There's no real vanquishing moment where the tide turns and the NWO is finally defeated and finally sent to the abyss. You know, you've got Starkey 97 with Sting beating Hogan, but even that was like a fuck finish. And they vacated the belt like two days later on Nitro. And it, the whole thing just really fizzled out. It just kept going and going until it fizzled out in the end. And to me, that's a real shame. So those are my thoughts on the NWO. A great start, but really not a great finish. But a bunch of great themes. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Absolutely. NWO, there are a lot of incarnations of it, a lot of different subgroups and factions. And really, I guess the key thing throughout it all is that there are some pretty great wrestling themes for the NWO. Some better than others, obviously. But I think, I guess the key thing to realize is that when the NWO, WCW really put a lot of effort into, at least with the main themes, a lot of effort into presenting the NWO as having a cool theme. And with the first theme, Chris, that we're talking about, the, the real theme, the NWO, when you think about it, there's nothing cooler, in my opinion, than this one. This is the original OG theme. This is Rock House by Frank Shelley. First of all, Chris, tremendous song. I think you can agree. It's hard for me to really even put into words how I feel about this song. It just, it fit the NWO so well. There are a few songs that fit a unit more than this song, fit the NWO. This song really made up of samples from five different Jimi Hendrix songs just masterfully woven together into what you can only describe as the epitome of cool. One of the absolute funkiest wrestling themes of all time, and really one of the best and most iconic wrestling themes of all time. What I love about Rock House is how effective it is in conveying to the audience just who the NWO are. The NWO are the coolest, most obnoxious pieces of shit around. They're the bad boy rebels that hang outside of school that everyone hates, but secretly they want to be a part of. And the cool thing is, they've got the power. They're in control. They run the show. And there's not a damn thing that anyone can do about it. So when you've got all that power and all that control and everyone thinks you're so cool, you've got a swagger to you. You've got an attitude. You've got a you've got an air about you. And that's what the riffs of Rock House convey. You hear You know immediately just how arrogant 
and cocky and shitty that all these guys are. And if I can relate this back to something that you said on the Undertaker episode, obviously, you know, the theme makes the wrestler, but the wrestler also makes the theme. With Rockhouse, you can't have the NWO be these big, scary monsters like the, the, dungeon, the, the Dungeon of Doom. You need them to be these big pieces of shit to make the song really work. You need Hulk Hogan to make hundreds of thousands of dollars just by standing in the ring while Eric Bischoff cuts a promo. You need Kevin Nash and Scott Hall sitting backstage. You know, Nash has like 80 somas melting in his stomach. Hall has... Hall has six beers in him. And guess what? They're going to go out there. They're going to win the WCW tag titles. And guess what? You don't like it? Fuck you, or NWO. Now, you said perfectly what I was feeling and was struggling to put into words when I was writing my notes about how I feel about this song and how this just has NWO written all over it. And what's interesting is that this is not an original composition made for the NWO. This track was actually licensed from the Focus Music Production Library, which was owned by Turner. So not even made specifically. This was just licensed music. And usually when you think licensed music, you think, okay, very low effort, not putting the individual signature stamp on a theme just given to someone. And usually that is the case. Although I can think of a few cases where production music actually turned out to be very iconic for wrestlers. Goldberg jumps to mind immediately. This is another one of those such cases. I'm just really fascinated by the entire conception of this song. And there's not anything anywhere available about the selection process of this song besides a brief clip of Eric Bischoff from an old interview where he's talking about selecting this theme for the NWO. What is the origins of the NWO music? We've heard all kinds of things that came from an adult film. Did you produce that music? Did you have somebody write that theme? And where did it come from? It came from a catalog of drop meal music that Turner owned. And it, it literally, and I don't remember who found it, to be honest with you. It may have been Craig Leathers or somebody on Craig's team. He was our director. Could have been Neil Pruitt, who was kind of involved in this type of thing. I, I can't tell you which, who it was, but they went through all of the music, the catalog of music that Turner owned, so we didn't have to pay any rights fees for it. And they found that music, and it just had the kind of vibe and kind of had the feel that fit. A lot of effort went into this. A lot of care went into taking these Jimi Hendrix songs and making this Frankenstein's monster of Hendrix riffs. And like you said earlier, you know, Hendrix, really one of the, the, the epitome of cool is just taking a Hendrix riff. And when you've got five of them all mushed together into a cohesive unit, really, this really ups the cool factor for the NWO. So what we're going to do now, Chris, actually, uh, we're going to illustrate what the samples are, what the riffs are. So the first riff that we have is the main riff. And that riff is from a song, a deep cut, called The Stars That Play With Laughing Sam's Dice. And the cool thing about this is that it's actually sequenced in reverse order from how Hendrix originally played that lick. When you hear it, you're like, wait a minute, that's it. Wait, what is this? What happened? This sounds different. It's actually the tail end. Frank Shelley took that and put that right at the beginning, which to me, genius. And it sounds like it should be that way, right? Like, it sounds like it should be that way all along. It just makes it so much cooler. It makes it so much better the way that Frank Shelley actually did this. And this section is actually layered with a sample from Highway Child at the turnaround of Very Four Bars. Our secondary riff that we have here is... And that's like the first like one or two notes of Hey Joe. And layered under that is a sample from the beginning of Purple Haze mm -hmm. in the last four bars of that section. 
this is just really just a an audio tapestry of Hendrix samples, and I love how it's not just sampled from one song, and it's not just limited to one song being sampled per section. He's just weaving these things in here masterfully, and I really, as someone who has sampled a lot and produced a lot of music using samples, it's really complicated to even just produce a sample track using one source, one song. And Frank Shelley was here, and he's playing with multiple Hendrix samples and just popping them all in in different places and layering them, and they all sound like they go together. And to me, is what makes this song so brilliant. It's quite a funky brew. And if I can actually go back to Purple Haze a little bit, it took me like a couple of listens through of the song to really, because it's lower there in the mix. You can't really, it's not noticeable right away. But when I was listening to that Hey Joe, those first few Hey Joe notes, and all of a sudden I could hear a little under it, dun, 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 dun. It's like, that sounds very familiar. What do I know that from? All of a sudden it clicked in me, Purple Haze. Another riff that we have here is uh, Highway Child. Very squealing guitar there. The, uh, Child, another sort of a deep cut for Hendrix. Purple Haze and Hey Joe are definitely more well-known songs of his. So it was really cool, I think, also of Shelley to find these different Hendrix songs that you don't really know a lot about. I mean, the stars that play with Loving Sam's Dice, I'd never even heard of it before looking up the, the samples here. So good on Frank Shelley for really delving deep into the Hendrix catalog there. Yeah, I'd never heard of that song either. But when I first learned that the entire song was just made up of Hendrix samples. I went and I looked and I listened and I grabbed them all. And I actually remade this song a long time ago with all the samples, reconstructed it, and how this track comes to be just from these five songs and how it creates one of the most iconic wrestling themes of all time. Yeah, you mentioned five songs. Uh, the fifth one is, I guess, called the the bridge riff, the uh, one that goes... Doo, 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 doo. And that is from the song Stone Free. What do you think? What do you make of the bridge, Chris? I know it's, you got this sort of cacophony of guitars beforehand, but you get this like nice little soft moment here, but until there's a nice little really cool bitching guitar solo coming in. It's a nice little change of pace for Rock House. Yeah, it's kind of sassy. It's kind of spooky, mysterious in a little bit of a way. It's pretty cool. You know, a lot of people probably don't even realize that these are all just samples. It it really, it just sounds like it's supposed to go together. It sounds like it's all one composition and that this was just one guy just recording all of this stuff and, or one band doing all of this. It's really incredible. It, it really still blows my mind. I love all the different sections and I love the cool, that nasty sounding turnaround back into the main riff. Yeah, it's great. Now, Chris, if the guitar riffs weren't enough to convey the arrogance and the swagger, and the ego of the New World Order, they decided for a version two of Rock House to insert some quotes and sound effects into the theme, uh, just as iconic, really, as the song itself. So let's hear version two of Rock House, the one with all the quotes. First off, right off the bat, the iconic N-W-O, which I wonder who that, whose voice that is. You know, is that Frank Shelley's voice? Is it, you know, I don't know, Jimmy Hart's tuned down like eight octaves? You wonder about this kind of stuff. You know, it's really just someone pitched down all the way. So why don't we do a little experiment here? Let's pitch it up and see if we can tell who it really is. We'll let you, the listener, decide. Tweet us at Music of the Mat. Let us know who you think this is. Next up, we have, of course, the new, 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 new world order. Just in case you know, forgot you forgot who the, who the guys coming out are. Yeah, just just in case, and for your convenience, it'll be repeated about seventy five times throughout the rest of the song. You know, I guess the whole point of the NWO is you know your NWO, your NWO for life. Oh yeah, it's it's a lifetime obligation. I mean. You posted a, a, a gif with a guy in the crowd in his NWO t-shirt saying for life. That guy's still in. 
He can't get out. He in 2017, he's still a member of the NWO. This poor man. He had no idea what he was getting himself into. You don't really realize the commitment. There's no cancel any time. You open up the mail one day. What is this bill? Uh, for, honey, did you? Are you still in the NWO? <laughs> honey, I thought I told you to cancel that. We can't. You can't. I can't. It's I'm f- 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 for life, Karen. I can't just leave. Uh, now some of these are wrestler specific. Some of these quotes, uh, as evidenced by this next one. <laughs> Macho Man, of course. Iconic. Another one of this is, uh, interesting one. Does that describe Hulk Hogan? Does that describe the NWO? Are we ta- what are we talking about here? I thought it was Scott Norton. Well, he is big. Yeah. He's a big boy. Now, you know what? Knowing Eric Bischoff, it was probably Bischoff himself. Well, wait a minute, sir. That's not Bischoff's quote. We all know what Bischoff's quote is. We are in <laughs> Easy E, pointing and smiling, leather jacket, jet black hair. Coming out, pointing at things. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. One of my favorite things is Eric Bischoff pointing at things. If I'm having a bad day, you see me on Twitter, I'm having a bad day, just send me a picture of Eric Bischoff pointing at something, and that'll just turn it around. You have to smile, too. You can't just point angrily at things. You have to have a big, shitty grin on your face, too. Oh, no, he, does, he, he doesn't point angrily at things, because he loves pointing at things so much that he always has that shitty grin on his face. He loves pointing at things as much as I love him pointing at things. Goes to the deli. Can I get a point, smile, half pound of turkey? <laughs> Gives it the double guns. Get the double guns. What a dork. One more that I have, uh, of course, just another iconic one. Too sweet! (laughs) Yes, that's my favorite one. I think that's Nash. I think it's Nash. I don't care who it is, but you know what? It's just, it's delightful. The whole concept of the the too sweet is just a lovely thing. You know what? When I was younger, I used to hear that as someone just going... (laughs) <laughs> or or toot or toot sweet <laughs> these are the dumbest things <laughs> so stupid so so stupid listen the quotes i mean really as good as rock house is naked on its own just the music i think the quotes just up the ante just, just put it over the top Absolutely, because this is where it becomes iconic. This is where they put the NWO stamp on it. Because you can just pick a song out of a production music library. Anyone can do that. Give it to a group. That's very easy. But this is where they said, all right, we're going to do something different. We're going to put these little clips in. I mean, you you don't hear it without it. It just it sounds right. It just goes. It works. And it's something that would be copied as well. The Nation of Domination. They all had little clips in their theme. I think more wrestlers need quotes and clips in their entrance music. Oh, you, ab- you absolutely need clips. Listen, if there if there's anyone who's going to advocate for clips, it's me. That's true. So uh, I think <laughs> everyone true. should. Yes. I think everyone should have clips. Everyone should have clips. Going off of Rock House, uh, this is an interesting next one, a next theme here. Uh, there was an alternate version of Rock House that was used specifically for the WCW video games Thunder and Mayhem. Uh, it's called Our House. Interesting because it's like the NWL had their own cover of their own theme. <laughs> that's that's how ridiculous the NWO got. They had to have a cover of, of their own theme. I don't know if that was really a rights or licensing thing because Rock House was owned by a production library owned by Turner. So I don't know why that would affect the video game distribution. Whatever the case was here, it's just a straight cover of Rock House. And Hogan would also use a looped version of this without the quotes in TNA. With that bitchin' guitar solo at the beginning. Comes out unnecessary pyro extravaganza. Yeah. Eight eight minutes of pyro. M- makes a tag match for bad influence. Stands there for a half <laughs> hour with pyro. Walks to the ring on the new ramp that goes right to the ring because he can't lift his leg up because <laughs> his hips and back are fucked. So you just gotta you have to make they make an entire ramp just for him. Oh man. Ah oh, Jesus Hogan. TNA Hogan. So yeah, our house not really you know distinct. It's just a cover of, of Rock House. 
Nothing to really to, to write home about. Well, this really just hammers home that this riff, although sequenced backwards, this was a riff that clearly only Jimi Hendrix could produce out of a guitar because all attempts to recreate it just sound hokey as shit. I remember first hearing this version in WW Mayhem, the video game, and just for some reason, hearing this, it just made my friend and I piss our pants laughing. Like, this was the funniest thing in our lives for, like, a week, this song. Because it just sounds... It, it sounds so ridiculous. You know, it sounds like... It's, like, easy there, Kirk Hammett, with your <laughs> wah pedal there. Like, it just sounds so goofy. I do have a story about that WW Mayhem video game, if I, if I may for a minute here. So, fifth grade, there was this kid in my class named Vinny. And, uh... We weren't really friends or whatever, you know, we exchanged pleasantries every now and then. But, you know, I had my group of friends. He, I don't even know if he had friends, to be honest. Looking back, it's kind of sad. He was kind of an outcast. But he was a nice kid, and I was nice to him. So one day, this kid Vinny comes up to me, and he gives me, in the box, WCW Mayhem for N64. For absolutely no reason. And I don't remember what was said. I don't remember words exchanged. I don't remember the reason. All I remember is I came home from school that day and I had WW Mayhem and I popped it in and I, and I heard Our House and I pissed my pants laughing. So thank you, Vinny, for the, uh, if you're listening, you're probably not, but thank you for that strange and unexplained gift. You know what it was? He probably got it as for like his birthday or something like that. And he's like, I don't like wrestling, but this idiot in my class does. I'll give it to him. It's like a horror movie. It's like it's like it follows. You got you got to pass it off before you got to pass off our house before you know the curse gets you. You know, I, I, you know what? I think he was trying to put a curse on me because I played that game and that was the curse. I've heard bad things. The commentary was just so. Every two seconds, Tony Schiavone, you would punch someone, and he, can we call security? This has gotten out of control. It's like you're not. I'm not even doing anything. I'm not even. I'm not even backstage hitting him with a fire extinguisher. I'm giving him a hammerlock, and Tony Schiavone's trying to call security. The game sucks. I don't know what was worse, that or attitude, where every two seconds Shane McMahon off the ropes, <laughs> into the ropes. <laughs> Listen, shitty video games and NWO themes are going to come up later on, Chris. Mark my words. Oh yes. But I guess if, if we're going off of covers of and ripoffs of rock house we might as well jump to tna and talk about the band chris i'm sure you you and i we both have fond memories of the band in tna lovely Lovely times with Kevin Nash and an unsober Scott Hall and Six Pack. And, of course, everyone's favorite, Bubba the Love Sponge. And by everyone, you mean absolutely no one on Earth, right? That's true. Because, holy fuck, is that guy the worst. You know, this was a sad state looking back. I mean, even the song itself. We got, like, you can't really find a clean version of this. The, The version that Chris found is such a dirty, like rip of it but even then you can tell like this is like not up to the standard of rock house and the nwo it's just like the band itself really is a shadow of its former glory but you know what i'll give dale some credit here he did seem to try and go in a different direction here especially with the b section yeah it's actually you know it's it's kind of cool it's not a carbon copy you know it's not our house no, no. So it's not completely lazy here, but it is very, very heavily inspired. Not that there's anything wrong with that, you know? There's nothing wrong with, with inspiration. And it, yeah. It is very similar to, I think, the next theme that we're going to discuss here. Yeah, it is. Hulk Hogan, in his infinite fucking wisdom, decided to make sort of another sort of diet NWO stable, the legendary Immortal. And of course, uh, it wouldn't be Hulk Hogan in a heel stable without a ripoff of, of the NWO. So let's hear Dale Oliver's song, Immortals. Do, 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 do. <laughs>
I think you'll notice, Chris, uh, the beginning, the very beginning here, is not a Rock House ripoff. It's actually the riff of Voodoo Child. Oh, yeah. Which was uh, Hulk Hogan's uh, theme in NWO. Uh, again, uh, very, you can sort of hear the bare bones of Rock House in here, but very much like a bare of relations, really, with the original song. It sounds like when you first learn to play guitar and you have no idea what you're doing, but you want to play a song that you really like, in this case, the NWO theme. So you're like, I think this is it. Do, 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 do. And in reality, it's just close enough that people would think you're playing the NWO theme, but you're actually not. But I mean, he did have some sweet harmony guitars in here. I'll give him that. But, you know, beyond the main riff, it devolves into a generic theme. And I don't even think we really need to get into Immortal too much. I mean, we'd have to have Garrett Kidney on to be able to do that. Immortal, another stable with like a bajillion members in it. Oh, yeah. Like, everyone from, like, like Gunner, Scott Gunner. Steiner, Bully Ray, Kurt Angle was in it. I think Mr. Mr. Anderson was in it. Uh, that's just, like, like five of them. Like, obviously, of course, you wrote, like, Jeff Hardy, Drugged Out, Jeff Hardy, Jeff Jarrett, Hogan, Bischoff. Trivia question. Do you remember what Garrett Bischoff's original name in TNA was? Oh, uh, Jackson James? You got it. He was a referee. He was the referee. He was the crooked referee. He was he was the Nick Patrick of Immortal. Wow, I'm I'm impressed with myself that I remembered that. I I kept the Garrett Bischoff files in my brain all this time. <laughs> you and me both, pal. You and me both, Chris. It wouldn't be really a, a music of the mad episode without a strange cover of a of a theme. Slamming wrestling hits. Uh, they did a version of Rock House, and uh, let's uh, let's put this bad boy up in the mix and hear how their version of Rock House sounds. Right off the bat, I gotta say, those are some loud drums in the mix there, Chris. A lot louder than the the normal mix, the original version. It's just so cheaply made. You got the worst garbage, fake-sounding guitar tone in history. You've got you got the keyboards in the background, and it's just so cheap. Musically, it's really not that far off. It just sounds so unpleasing to the ear. Like it's it's like only a step above like your Nokia whatever ringtone. But then a section comes in that I know you want to talk about here. I gotta talk about this. It's my favorite part of the sec of the song. <laughs> there is a in the breakdown. There is, I swear to God, a drum line. Here, here comes Nick Cannon. Here comes Nick. Here comes Orlando Jones and Zoe Saldana. <laughs> There's a reference for you. Yeah, a drum line, Chris. Like, what, what is going on? It, did I stumble into Tusk by Fleetwood Mac by mistake? Like, what is, what is happening with this NWO thing? Are, are we gonna stomp the yard to this or what? What's going on here? I'll give him credit for going a different route. I'll give him credit for that. But you don't think NWO and high school drumline. But uh, but I mean, you absolutely should. You mentioned earlier our house being uh, part of the the video games, WCW video games. Now that's not that's not the only instance where the NWO had a different theme for a video game. Uh, let's play a little bit of this song, and I'll tell a story a little bit of a story afterwards. This is a song called "It's a New World." So here's my story, Chris. Uh, once upon a time, I got my very first wrestling video game, uh, WrestleMania 18 for the GameCube. Terrible game, not very good. It was. I read later it was supposed to be like a, a sequel to No Mercy, like a No Mercy's successor. It can't even lick No Mercy's boots. This is not a good game. Also, not only was this my first wrestling video game. This is also my first memory of the NWO itself. This is my first time encountering the NWO in my life. So, this song, this It's a New World, this... That was my first instance of an NWO song. Now, back then, I was a kid. I didn't know any better. I didn't know the NWO. I didn't know Rock House. Who cares, right? Looking back now, though, I can safely say that I'm fucking pissed! What the fuck?! (laughs) 
What the fucking fuck? This is not the right song to listen to if you're going to introduce someone to the NWO, okay? You need... Not... What the fuck? God damn it. This was used for video games and, you know, like DVD releases when, you know, the WWF at the time couldn't, you know, pay for the licensing for Rock House. But come on, assholes. Pay the fuck up. You're billionaires. It's fucking Rock House. Come on. You know what this is? This is RVD's video game theme all over again. There was like a period of time, like, 2000, like 2003, 2004, where RVD was using one of a kind on TV. But in like the video games, like in WrestleMania 19, and like Here Comes the Pain, he still had... Like the generic, like one of a kind thing. It just pisses me off, Chris. It pisses me off to no end when these themes are replaced. Uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I oh. like that version. You do? Yeah. All right. I, I, I prefer that to one of a kind. I like one of a kind better. Listen, we're not going to. No, we can't get into one of a kind. We'll save that debate. Save that debate for the we'll, future. We'll duke it out at a later date. Absolutely. On that one. So what are your thoughts, Chris, on, on It's a New World? Yes, it is. What, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, here are my thoughts. And that concludes, okay. that concludes my thoughts. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There are your thoughts, Chris. Uh, no. Say this. Just, just, just no. Jim. Yeah. Big, big Jimmy. What, what, are you, what are you doing here? What, what are you thinking? You have funky guitars in every theme you've ever made except for this one. For shame, Jimmy. For shame. Well, you know, there's there's something that I that I do want to sneak in here. Mm-hmm. Not officially really a theme or a cover, but there is something that I want to touch on because I feel that for people maybe around my age or maybe a little bit older, there's something very prevalent in our experience trying to download themes off the internet in like the early 2000s. So m- many people might be familiar with MIDI themes, M-I-D-I. What MIDI is, is basically a technology that allows digital instruments like keyboards and sequencers to communicate with one another and with computers and it sends instead of sending like an analog signal back and forth it sends digital information of note and pitch and velocity and sends it back and forth and it's very useful for songwriting and arranging and that's how a lot of songwriting is done now and a lot of sequencing and things like that and general midi sound sets are included in all personal computers and have been for a while and those are the cheesy sounds that you hear if you download a MIDI file. Those do not actually contain any audio. That contains digital information that then triggers the general MIDI sound set. I'm getting kind of geeky here, getting a little technical. I just want people to have a background here. You know, that that's what that is. That's what MIDI is. The NWO MIDI theme is one of the funnier MIDI themes that I had downloaded back in the day because... It just sounds so... It takes all of the funk out of the theme. It takes all of the feel and the swing and the groove out of everything. It just sounds so goofy. And I just wanted to touch on that because MIDI themes were a big, big thing back in the day. You'd go on someone's Angel Fire page in 1998, and the second you click on it, a MIDI theme would start playing. It'd usually be like Kane or something like that. Uh, so I just wanted to touch on MIDI themes. There was one for the Wolfpack as well, and we will play that when we're up to that section because that one's a barn burner. We'll get to Wolfpack, but uh, before we do, Chris, there's a certain group of wrestlers, a certain group of NWO members that we need to talk about, and we need to sit down and discuss them in seriousness and decency. Chris, are you ready to tear it up? Scrap! I love the fact that the NWO has a B team. I mean, when your stable is that big that you need to even call something the B-Team. I mean, technically it wasn't called the B-Team. It was called, like, NWO Black and White because, you know, the NWO split into two. 
There was NWO Hollywood, led by Hogan. There was the NWO Wolfpack, led by Nash. And the people in NWO Hollywood, the ones that, you know, weren't good enough to, you know, get their own theme, the ones that Hogan was certainly wasn't going to take the pins, so they're going to take the pins. They were called NWO Black and White, aka the NWO B Team, and as such, being such lowly members of, of the NWO of the NWO Hollywood, they got their own theme. So I just love the fact that, you know, they get their own theme. Because think about it, how much does it suck that you're in the, the NWO, you're in the group, you're part of the cool guys, but you're not really good enough or cool enough to get Rockhouse. You're basically Bone Soldier. You are basically Bone Soldier. Vincent, Horace Hogan, Stevie Ray, Brian Adams, congratulations. You guys are the Bone Soldiers of the NWO. Congratulations. So first of all, this is a Jimmy Hart and Howard Helm joint. Mm-hmm. So now we know who to blame. Yeah. <laughs> Although, I can't even say that. I love this theme. A lot of people love this theme. It is a good song. It is a good song. I, did, I, think, I think just the fact that it's B-Team itself, it just, that's what makes it funny. That's what makes it funny. But, I mean, it is, you listen to it, it is a happening tune, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, this song, it gets me fired up for two things. It gets me fired up for Sold Out 97, because my God, if you watch that pay-per-view ever, you will never forget this song by the end of it. It will be permanently imprinted in your brain. Mm-hmm. And it also gets me fired up for like a VHS video on fire safety for kids, because <laughs> it totally sounds like it would be on something like that. You know, it also makes me want to make a promo for like a 90s stand-up comedy special on HBO. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It has that feel to it. It's that bluesy guitar lead, that blues rock feel. It's just great. I got kind of a Stevie Ray Vaughan-ish vibe from the guitar twinge. Did you notice that too? Oh, sure. I got kind of a Stevie Ray Vaughan sort of vibe, just barely. But yeah, this is very, very uh, high energy, very 90s guitar. It really really does all to say. It's such B-team in that it's not like funky enough. It's not, you know, cool enough for the main NWO, but it's good enough for the B team. No, you know, that's the distinction between it. So the NWO was funky and hip and cool. This is like, this is blues rock. And you think of blues rock and you think of a 40-year-old white guy at Guitar Center trying out a Les Paul. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's the distinction. This is like, meat. this is meat and potatoes uh, of the NWO themes. You know, Rock House is very much a nice steak, you know, a good, nice Chianti wine. This is very much a hungry man, bare bones, just basic guitar. Hey, what do you got? That's good enough for the B team. Just serve it to me. Come on. Rock House would be like soul food. This would be like Boston Market. Mm. This is actually related to Rock House in another kind of cool way, though, because... It is inspired by Hey Joe, the main riff. You know, you don't think of it at first, but then when you hear it, it is inspired by Hey Joe, obviously faster and more upbeat. And, you know, Hey Joe is a slow song mm-hmm. uh, and you don't necessarily associate them. But, yeah, it is inspired by Hey Joe, which I thought was a cool little touch there. And it ties it all in. We have one more theme to get to, Chris. One more NWO subfaction to get to. And uh, listen, throw up the two sweets. You know, Howl's the Moon. We're talking about Wolfpack. By C. Murder. Fourth pack is back, goes on mass destruction. Guess who's see The bad boys are wrestling. Testing competition when the war does the mission. Chris, does the C and C murder stand for Casio? <laughs> There's a lot of keyboards in this bad boy. Well well played, my friend. No, but it might stand for coma because C-Murder is, without a doubt, the most low-energy rapper of all time. And it's not just on this song either. It's on every song. You know, he just has that mumbling tonality about him. Very low energy. Very just, you know, he was the original Tranquilo. 
You know what I'm saying? Part of part of No Limit. No Limit, yes. Masterpiece yes. No Limit Records. A, a, a staple of WCW, the No Limit Soldiers. Who could forget? Who could forget Swole, Chris? <laughs> Who would want to forget Swole? Or B.A., a.k.a. Brad Armstrong. This song, to me, much like Rock House, when this came out, this was the epitome of cool. It's such a simple song, such a simple little hip-hop beat, but it's so effective. It's just so damn cool, and it, it fit the Wolfpack it just fit them so well. It, another another gr- a great bass line, you know, some epic strings in the chorus. If I was old enough to drive in the late 90s, you better believe that I would be bumping this in the whip. Hogan and NWO Hollywood, it's all air guitar. It's it's Jimi Hendrix still. Nash and, and you know, Luger and the Red Face Sting, you know, it's all hip-hop and cool and chill and that kind of stuff. So it was a nice dichotomy there between... The older, the older, I say older, you know, Hogan and the rest of those guys versus, you know, babyface Kevin Nash, you know, being with the hip-hop community and that kind of stuff. The hip-hop community. Uh, in any event. Now, we should note that this theme is heavily, heavily inspired by the song Burn by the rap group Militia. Obviously, you can hear the similarities in the main piano melody, the drums, the bass line, and you can even hear some similar strings in Burn, but they're a little bit lower in the mix, and I would say that they're not as cool as the ones in the Wolfpack theme. Shall we break down the lyrics, Chris? Because really, you notice this, and I notice this. See murder, not the best rhymer in the game, shall we say. At least in this outing, because, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't fucking rhyme. No. And I don't know how it took this long to realize that this song doesn't fucking rhyme, but when you're trying to break down this song lyrically, you realize it doesn't fucking rhyme. It doesn't not only rhyme, but... Just the verse, the way the way the verse flows, it's it's very strange, because it doesn't. It's not like it's not like that, you know, like the basic. <laughs> what is this Will Smith? I'm just saying. You know, I'm just trying to find a bass. I'm just trying to. Oh, the Wolfpack is back, causing mess. I'm just trying to find a bass line here, Chris. Come on, man. I'm just trying to find a a bass. It's not. You you know what I mean, Chris? Though, right? You know what I mean. I'm Uh, yeah. I I know. Listen, as someone who has spit bars in his day and worked with many a rapper, yeah, yeah, this follows a really weird rhyme structure. Yeah, and I'm I'm not exactly sure what he was going for here. I honestly think he was just saying the first words that came to his mind, (laughs) just to get the hell out of there. Stream of consciousness rapping. It's a it's a it's a rare art form. It's something. Yeah, it's something. You know, this is one of those songs that you think you know all the lyrics to, until you get a few lines in, <laughs> and then suddenly, and then suddenly you become very humble. Yeah. And and you just kind of start, you know, you just start to mumble. Well, it works out because he's mumbling anyway. Yeah. So if you just mumble through it, you know, because it starts off all well and good, you know, Wolfpack's back causing mass destruction. Guess who see it? Bad boys wrestling. Just a competition in the board of submission. It goes off the rails quite quickly. It really does. He, he doesn't he doesn't waste any time. It, it, so is it see them race like a streak or see the rings like the street? Because I never knew which one it was. If you don't know, you better find out the wolf pack here to prove a point number one. Just believe that you don't want it just flows just constantly from his mouth. Chris, it doesn't stop. Like he just like he doesn't take, take a breath. Learn line breaks, man. Come on. <laughs> when you break it down, a very bad song lyrically, but it's just so there's something about it that's so catchy. Very ominous message too. Might wind up in a body bag. Like my God. Very ominous. Yeah, very very ominous. I mean, his, clearly his name's C Murder. He gets right to the chase. N.W. Wolfpack are some dangerous men, Chris. You know, Kevin Nash. You don't want to face him and his very, very poor knees. You don't want to face Kevin Nash's <laughs> multiple tearing quads or else you'll be end up in a body bag for sure. You don't want to face Lex Luger and him getting winded five minutes into a match. 
You don't want to face Conan and have to toss his salad and peel his potatoes. Mm. You know, speaking of potatoes, Kevin Nash reminds me of potatoes. Let's add that to the list. Greg the Banana Valentine, Most Noble Brain Food, Toro Yano, and now Big Potato, Kevin Nash. No, 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 wait, wait. Big Spuddy, <laughs> Kevin Nash. Oh, God. What have, we, what, have, what have we started? You took something horrible and you made it worse. I'm sorry. <laughs> he reminds me of potatoes. I really, there's no rhyme or reason. I don't know why. I look at Kevin Nash and it just takes me to Idaho. Speaking of Kevin Nash. Yeah. There's another little alternate version. Not really an alternate version, but just a different kind of different kind of intro for this theme. This was featured on the WCW Mayhem album that came out in 2000. And uh, it's the Wolfpack theme. But with Kevin Nash in the beginning, he intros the song like this. Wolfpack in the house. Y- you know, sometimes uh, in the morning when I stretch and yawn, <laughs> sometimes I just like to. Yeah, Wolfpack in the house. Makes you feel. Good. Makes you feel good. You should try it. I want everyone to try that. You wake up tomorrow morning, you stretch and yawn. I want you to say Wolfpack in the house like Kevin Nash, and then I want you to go and eat a potato, just raw. Don't even peel it. And think of Kevin Nash. And then watch that shoot interview where he's eating raviolis and looks like he's about to explode. <laughs> mm. I love I love Nash shoot interviews. They're, they're the best. They're the best. And you know what? Only enhanced by him eating raviolis and on the verge of having a coronary episode. If anyone here is a fan of the We Watch Wrestling podcast, when I say the word squisher... Squisher, you know what that means. You know what that means. The best thing about Kevin Nash shoot interviews is that, you know, when you sit down to talk wrestling, you know, you're probably talking about, you know, some matches or, you know, some great shows that you've seen or whatever the case, your, your favorite guys. Mm-hmm. Kevin, not, Kevin Nash sits down to talk about wrestling. He's talking about deals. He's, he, he's talking about deals. He's making deals. He's talking about deals that he's had. Deals that he wishes he had. Deals that other guys wish they had. The man, he loves deals. Can't get enough of the deals. What is the deal? What's the deal with deals? <laughs> Jerry what's, Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld the, doing, doing a bit on Kevin Nash. <laughs> what's the deal with Big Sexy? He's big, but not that sexy. I don't get it. What's the deal with the jackknife? His name isn't Jack. He doesn't carry a knife. What's the deal? He doesn't carry a knife. We've gone off the rails, folks. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but we've gone off the fucking rails. Really, uh, talking about Wolfpack a little bit more here. There are some other versions, of course. There's a version without the crowd noise in it. This version I like to call The Devil because I've been listening to this song for almost 20 years of my life with the crowd noise and this just sounds so wrong. It sounds so weird to my ears to hear it without the crowd noise just to hear the straight studio version. This must be kind of like what old people feel like when their vinyl stops working and they have to listen to their name an old timey artist. Uh, Mel Torme. <laughs> my, that's what my dad listens to. <laughs> Don't laugh, man. I wasn't expecting Mel Torme. This has to be what old people feel like when their, their vinyl stops working and they have to move over to CDs or MP3s. It just doesn't sound right to them. Reminds me of an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where... Uh, yes, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. This, of. Yeah, I was thinking of this too, where uh, Frank, you know, Pierre Boyle, He's got his, his vinyl records and like they're all like smashed and all skipped and all that stuff. And Ray buys some CDs of the same album and Frank doesn't like it because it's not the same. This is what it's like, Chris, when you've got no crowd noise in Wolfpack. I feel like Peter Boyle. I really do. I need that crowd noise. I need it. How about this version? We, we listened to this version, the TNA instrumental version that was used uh, in 2010. 
Oh yeah, because if you have a band black and white, you gotta have the band wolf pack, right? Oh yeah, definitely. And so, some might not be able to tell here, but this is actually a remake. It's not just the instrumental. And you know, it's not exactly hard to remake this beat here. And it is quite accurate, except for the fact that you can tell the drums are just a little bit different. You know, obviously, it's not a gigantic difference. But, you know, it is a remake, so we wanted to include it here. Now, speaking of remakes, we played a Rock House remake earlier by Slammin' Wrestling Hits, or whatever it was. There is out there a Wolfpack cover done uh, by something called WoW Magazine Entrance Themes from the year 2000. And holy jumping Jesus, is this thing special. Chris, let's hear a little bit of it right now. First of all, I was listening to this all day. All day in preparation for this episode. Why was I listening to this one? I will tell you why. First of all, these goofy covers of wrestling themes that came with magazines and were sold in Walgreens for $17, these things entertain me to no end. I get tremendous joy out of them. But the fact that they not only covered the Wolfpack theme here, the fact that they covered the Nash version, mm-hmm. the Wolfpack in the house version, makes me so happy. So happy. And you know what else makes me happy? What's that? The extra little ad-libs in the beginning. Yes! Yeah, in the house. Word. <laughs> Word. <laughs> Word. Wolfpack in the house. Word. Um, that Those are everything, That man. jumped out, Matt. Yeah. You know what else jumped out at me right from the beginning? The the crowd applause. It's not the same as the crowd in the original. It's like, you know what it reminds me of? I just imagine like a voiceover coming out like, this cover of Wolfpack was filmed in front of a live studio <laughs> audience. Like it sounds like, a, it sounds like a sitcom crowd going, <laughs> woo, yeah. Vocally, this sounds like a car full of goofs on their way to a wrestling show. It is a duet. Just, just singing the Wolfpack song. Yeah. You know? This would be you, Mr. Andrew Rich, at a wrestling-themed karaoke bar. Yeah. This would be you doing the Wolfpack theme. They don't get to the second verse, though. No. They don't get to, you took your chances, now it's time to show you where you you were wrong, and the ring, this is poor, are you such that strong? They don't get to all that stuff. I want to hear a Kendall Jenner cover of this. Or an Aziz Ansari version, at least. Or both. Yeah. I want to hear them both. We got here's what we got to do. We got to bring back Wow Magazine, <laughs> and we got to get both of them to record a new version of this. I'll remake the track, and we'll get them and whoever else wants to be in the house. They can join in because really, Wolfpack. It's a collective, as we all know, Chris. You know, there should be like a We Are the World version <laughs> of the Wolfpack theme. And it just, it goes on for like 20 minutes and just everybody repeating the same verses over and over again. <laughs> I wonder what that would sound like. I wonder what it would sound like, Chris. What would Michael McDonald sound like if he was singing the Wolfpack theme, Chris? Wolfpack is back, causing mass destruction. Guess who's here? The bad boys of wrestling. <laughs> Why don't you do your uh, Brian Johnson from ACDC? Wolfpack is back, cause a mass destruction. Guess who's here? The bad boys of wrestling. Now, what would Vince Russo sound like doing the Wolfpack theme? I swear to God, the Wolfpack is back. They's causing mass destruction. And you ain't gonna guess who's here. The bad boys of wrestling, <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Before we wrap up here. I promised that we'd play the Wolfpack MIDI theme, and we were going to do just that. In the criminal justice system, sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. <laughs> Doesn't this sound like Law and Order? <laughs> it does. This, what was going? What, what happened here? 
This this just sounded like someone had no idea how to use their Casio Arranger keyboard, but they they wouldn't give up. They just wouldn't quit. They had to do it. We need like black and white shots of like Kevin Nash looking all stern towards the camera and Lex Luger like looking all wistful and and, and lawful, you know? Like a close up of like a torn quad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or uh, you know, a, 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 an empty spray can. Like in like a dirty corner of a building. You know, Ice-T would have fit right in with the wolf pack. I think he would have. You know, you, you ever notice every episode of Law & Order SVU, Ice-T's talking about someone uh, did, did hard time at Rikers. <laughs> every episode. And, and they're just like, all right, that's, that's, that's very nice, Flynn. Thank you. Thank you for that. You tell us every, every episode. What an episode. What, Chris, this was a fucking juggernaut of an episode. Uh, we should mention, though, Chris, uh, there is one section of the NWO we did not really focus on a lot at all, actually. Uh, that is NWO Japan. That's true. And we chose not to cover the NWO Japan in this episode, but instead we wanted to focus on really what were the three main important WCW themes for the NWO. And for the NWO Japan, the album Black Symphony, which came out in 1998, will, you know, I think that can be a future album review. I, I, I tend to agree with you, Chris, on this one. And maybe we'll, maybe we'll bring on a guest to, uh, to help us run that one down. Absolutely. Well, uh, Chris, that does it for the NWO. So before we head out, Chris, uh, we actually set up a poll, as usual, on the old Twitter and uh, let's uh, reveal to the audience, Chris, uh, what did the music of the Matt fans, uh, what did they think uh, was their favorite NWO theme? You know, this surprised me because we put up three themes, Rock House, Wolfpack, and Tear It Up. Rock House has 40%. Tear It Up also has 40%. Tear It Up, let me, let me tell you something, it left Wolfpack in the dust. So did Rock House. But, but Tear It Up? You think of the NWO, you think of Rock House and Wolfpack. But Rock House, one of the most influential wrestling themes of all time. A million covers, a million different versions of it. Wolfpack, see murder, gets beat out by Tear It Up? Shocking. Absolutely shocking. But they, listen, the people have spoken, Chris. People have spoken, and I am I'm not one to argue with the people. Let's talk about Chris. We're coming up now. Uh, episode 5. We are uh, on the road to WrestleMania, as they say, uh, and really, the next episode will come out in a couple weeks from now. Chris, shall we talk then about our favorite WrestleMania themes, and not so favorite, of course. I think that's only right to do with our next episode, episode five. Oh yeah, we're going to grab a handful of WrestleMania themes, the good and the bad, and believe me, there have been quite a few stinkers over the years. And, uh, and we're going to discuss them to get you all ready for WrestleMania. Yeah, just WrestleMania, WrestleMania baby. baby. <laughs> well, that does it for this episode of Music of the Mat. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. A couple of friendly reminders before we go. Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network, home to a variety of informative and entertaining podcasts all about pro wrestling. Check them all out at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Twitter, you can follow us at Music of the Mat, or you can follow our personal accounts. I am at Andrew T. Rich. Chris, where are you? You know what? Don't even follow me. Don't. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a Kevin Hare from Burning Spirits here. Don't even follow me. Fo- follow at Music of the Mat. That's, that's the priority. Or Andrew T. Rich. You know, send a couple of followers my way, folks. You know, I'm not going to argue like that. Yeah, help him out here. Help a brother out, man. Come on. <laughs> email. You can email us. Uh, you're free to do that, as always. Musicofthemat at gmail.com. Also, check out the Voices of Wrestling forums. A great way to talk about wrestling with a variety of fans. Uh, talk about this episode, episodes past. Different podcast episodes of the flagship and Shake Their Ropes and all the rest of them. Voicesofwrestling.com slash form. Our YouTube page, Music of the Mat on YouTube. Chris, he sets up the playlists of each episode, gets all the themes in one your location to play. Real nice stuff there. And as always, check us out on iTunes, Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Review us five stars. You know, just help help us out here. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for doing so. Andrew Rich, what did we learn this episode? Let me tell you something, brother. Oh, my God. We learned 
that we are the new world orchestration of wrestling, brother. <laughs> uh, Hulk, it's it's new world, new world orchestra, not not orchestrate. Whatever, brother. I'm making millions, Jack. I'm making millions. Unnecessary pyro extravaganza. Unnecessary pyro. Ramp to the ring. Make a match. Stare there for you know forty minutes. Do do the pose down. Do the pose down. Burn up a burn 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 up a burn burn. And then go backstage and be a racist piece of shit. There you go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye bye. Wolf pack in the house. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders. Hard time at Rikers. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery.